right, that's right. The champ is here, loved by many, hated by few, respected by all, second to none. Loved by many, hated by few, respected by all, second to none. Mike, you like that one? I did. Yeah, you like that. I'm one. A you like that. I'm one. A still yeah, I know you are. I know you are. I know you are. You, 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 you've been, you've been elevating yourself since we were downstairs in our lobby. And now you're up here on the fifth floor. The fifth floor. <laughs> the fifth floor. The fifth floor. See, the thing is, I'm not going out the window. You're not going out the window. No, no, we can't do that. Can't do that. Uh, I want everybody to know that this is a special show for us all here uh, at uh, well. At the Commission Radio Show, as I say, this radio show is the best radio show from Como to the Congo. From Como mm -hmm. to the Congo. Okay. If you're in Fort Worth, Texas, you know where Como's at. And if you're part of, you from Fort Worth? Yeah, yeah. Fort Worth. So yeah. if you're from Fort Worth, Texas, you know where <laughs> Como's at. And if you're part of the world, which clearly you are, because you're looking at this on FBRN.US, you should know where the Congo's at. And if you don't know, you need to ask somebody. This show is an abbreviated version because they tell me they got some special happenings going on out there someplace in Los Colinas tonight. Someplace out in Los Colinas uh, that's going on. They got some happenings uh, all around. And this time around, I want everybody to share this, to share this because we've been banned. We are the CNN of your neighborhood. The CNN of your neighborhood because we're always in your neighborhood. Always in your neighborhood. We are the Colored Nations Network. That's Y'all should understand that. Y'all from HBCU school. Yes, sir. Yes, Absolutely. sir. Loud and clear. Uh, so let's, let's kick it. Let's go ahead, and then we'll work our way around the room. And uh, tell them who you are and why you're here. Well, my name is Nicole Brown, and I'm a proud graduate of Kentucky State University. And I'm here in Dallas just trying to you know, promote my school and raise some funds for students to get them back to college or get them to college and get them through college. So. Kentucky State University? Kentucky State University. Okay, I'm, I'm from Texas, so I'm going to ask this question. <laughs> Where is Kentucky at? No, serious question, because most <laughs> Texans, they don't know nothing outside of Texas. Like back in the day when I was a young man, we had what was called a Southwest Conference, which mm -hmm. you didn't have to know any college outside of Texas, with the exception of Arkansas. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, like Kentucky State University, where is it at? So Kentucky borders on Indiana, Ohio, um, and a little bit of Illinois. So it's kind of Midwest, South Midwest area and uh, Frankfort, Kentucky is the capital of the state of Kentucky and if people know the large basketball school uh, University of Kentucky in Lexington, Kentucky it's about 20 minutes away from there so we're a small historically black college um, in Frankfort, Kentucky. Okay so you got Frankfort, Kentucky, mm -hmm. Lexington, Kentucky and, and, mm -hmm. and Louisville, Kentucky. Yes so it's kind of in that area yes. Okay mm -hmm. now see folks didn't know they were going to learn something today you know Absolutely. But, that, but what do you expect when you have HBCU schools here? Yep. All right we, so we got another school here. I'm I, again, uh, I'm I'm glad you 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 wore the school there. That yes, I, sir. yes, sir. Had to had to. Uh, Robert Evans representing Prairie View A and M University, uh, out in Prairie View, Texas, and I'm with the Fort Worth alumni chapter. I'm the president uh, right now, of the alumni association here in Fort Worth, and we also have a Dallas chapter. Uh, that's Lalani um, uh, Debose Hagerman. She's the chapter president there because we have so many alums in the Dallas Fort Worth area we have to divide it up so I'm representing the Tarrant County side Tarrant County side yes, okay sir. so we got Prairie View A&M and Kentucky uh -huh. State University yes. 
So I'm, I'm glad you, you, you're here, you know. Thank you. I, so I mellowed out now. I had to, you know, when we come on, we got to hype ourselves up yeah. and be yeah. ready. Yeah. We can't come in like, you know, the, you know, quiet storm and say, hello, this is Ed Gray from this radio show. <laughs> we have today, we have Kentucky State University and we have Perry View a and Nobody would listen. I wouldn't even listen to it. And it's my show. <laughs> but that <laughs> so voice works, though. Right? That voice that works? Vo- it that does voice work. It does. Yeah, sounds uh, good on It you. does? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we, we'll, we'll try that again. <laughs> <laughs> later on, then we'll try later. Little snippets, little snippets. So yeah, just just go like that. that just get that energy going. <laughs> All right, it's you now, man. Yeah. I want to make sure everybody see him on this. I make sure to yeah, okay, get back. All right. Well, I am Michael Caldwell, and I'm here because I work for Michael's of Las Colinas. You work for Michael's yes. in Las Colinas. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> We've been waiting. I want to make sure all this is ready to sit right there. I want to wait and sit. I want to make, yeah, we got it right. I want to make, because I'm looking at this on live right now. We want y'all to share this, all right? I'm going to just say this right now. Michael's. <laughs> Michael's. <laughs> Folks, y'all got to watch who you befriend on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, you really do. Because you have like, I had like 5,000 friends and everything. And I know probably about 4,000 of them, you know. And then there's like friends that you have that been there a long time that you ain't never met before. Michael Caldwell. Yes, that'd be one of them. Yeah, that'd be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday we, we sitting there because Mike, he, he wants to be on the show, you know, right? And he showed, did you meet Angelo yesterday when you came up here yesterday for the no, show? No, I did not. Angelo. Yes, sir. He came up here yesterday to be on the show today. That's how excited he was about being there. <laughs> yeah. And what happens? He beats me here today on the day he's supposed to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so, because I heard so much about Ed Gray. Yeah, well, but, you know, hey, where, where are you from, man? I'm originally from Louisiana, but I've been here since 67. Since 67? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, then you're from here then? Mm-mm. I'm still, I still claim home. <laughs> You still claim home? Yeah, Louisiana. Louisiana? <laughs> yes. Okay, where'd you go to school at here? Uh, North Texas State. Okay, North, you ain't bring your, you, you didn't bring no shirts or something like that say you from North Texas State? <laughs> no, because <laughs> I bring, I should have wrote my Roosevelt because that's why I'm, I'm a product of DISD. You're a product of DISD? Yeah. Okay. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a product of DISD too. Oh, okay, what school did you go to? D Carter High School. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. my cousin went there too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We never heard nothing about y'all. It was just Roosevelt. Oh, come on, man. Look at that. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you wonder why I never go to your your club, Michael. That's the reason why, man. Yeah. You're gonna love it what you do. I, well, I'm gonna do that. I'm okay. gonna, I'm gonna do that. I'm I'm absolutely gonna do that. You know, for uh, for real though, man. You know, now uh, you've been in the club business a little while, ain't you? Yeah, about 45, 50, almost fifty years. Forty-five, fifty wow, years. Yeah. What other club? Well, I started with uh, Studio 67. If you remember that. Yeah, I remember. That. I got pictures of you at Studio 67. Really? I, st- I, I started as a bouncer. Believe it or not, I went from there to to learning management, from there to owning my let's make my like my twelfth one now. The twelfth one overall, yes. Overall, okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like yeah. that. We're gonna have to get you to do a, a, a drop, man, or something like that. Uh, I know. Didn't we have some uh, Angelo? Didn't we have some other drops of other uh, clubs in here before? If we could find one, that'd be beautiful. So. Mm-hmm. 
we can go ahead and get Michaels. What's the name of, of, of it out there? Michaels of Las Colinas. Michaels of Las Colinas. 925 West John Carpenter Freeway, Irvin, Texas, Suite oh, 100. Look how he did that. He just did everything <laughs> out there. I just asked, what's the name of it? He telling me how to get there. He was taking too, too long. <laughs> Las Colinas. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Michaels of Las Colinas. Okay. I'll be out there soon, man. I'll be out there soon. So you went to Roosevelt High School. Yes. What school did you go to before that? To uh, uh, Henry Brown Miller. You remember that? Henry Brown Miller? Yeah. You mean William Brown Miller? No. Uh, William Brown Miller. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, T.C. High School was the first one, then William Brown Miller. Yeah, it was William Brown Miller. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, he don't know. Yeah, that's long ago. I'm now, yeah, you had to sing the song like I had to sing the song. Yeah. Yeah. There's a school on Cedar <laughs> Crest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where we try to do our best. Yeah. Will Brown Miller. Yeah. I knew dude from back then. Wow. Really? Yeah. I've been waiting all day to use this, man. I, you wow. just give me the opportunity to do it oh, now. Wow. No. Yeah. So oh, small world. Small world. <laughs> really? So, Angelo, let's uh, let's put that uh, uh, the flyer up there where they can see uh, about Michaels and everything. You have that one. Not the uh, the HBCU flyer, but the other one. I have to talk directly into the mic. And every time I talk directly into the mic, my voice. Gets like Nicole says, it gets deeper <laughs> like that. It's like that. Just like that. Now, we have it now live on the screen right now. Robert Evans is looking at it as we, as we speak. That voice makes me think I'm doing golf. <laughs> it does, isn't it? Yeah. It's quiet. They're yes. calming. Yeah. Yes. 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 Seventh. <laughs> there it is, the putt. Goes in. Nope, it's back out again. But what's not out again is KSU. Perview Amy University, HBCUs. We can get it back on me now. Uh, HBCUs. Uh, tell us why you decided to go to a HBCU instead of a, a predominantly white institution. I guess I go ahead and go first. Um, Into the I, mic, please. I, I'll tell you this, uh, and I, I, I'll be honest with you. I got a bunch of letters back from some of those schools you mentioned uh, without admission. So. Uh, but I always had a desire to be at a HBCU because I grew up in the 80s, right? And so uh, we had the exposure, you know, just from reading Jet and Ebony Magazine and then watching the Cosby Show and watching School Days. You know, I kind of came up in that era, and I said, you know what, I need to look into that because uh, one of my older brothers actually went to Southern University, and that was the first time I ever heard of Southern University. He went there back in 1982, mm-hmm. and I graduated high school in 1989, and I wanted to be in the band, so I was you in the band. You wanted to be in the band? Well, I was in the band in high school, and I wanted to be in the band at an HBCU. Oh, okay. So there was two schools ah. I looked at, right? And I have to – I didn't tell none of my friends this. I'm telling you today. So we got a scoop. Okay, go ahead. I was I like in Texas. You know. yeah. Texas Southern University was my number one school of choice at that time, okay? That's where I thought I wanted to go. Man. And then, uh, of course, uh, the guys in the neighborhood that were at Prairie View, they gave me a phone call and said, hey, you need, you need to come on down to PV. You know, you need to ride with me. Uh, Guy Jenkins, he's actually a part of the uh, Alumni Association right now. He was responsible for getting me down to Prairie View. Went down there, tried out to be in the band. I signed up. I enrolled in school. Never turned around. Never turned around. Never turned what around. What instrument you play? I played the trumpet. Trumpet, okay. Yeah, I played the trumpet, uh, 
I, I was first trumpet at, at O.D. Wyatt in high school, and I went to Prairie View, and I was about the 32nd trumpet. Mm -hmm. So it, it dropped down dramatically. <laughs> a lot of guys down there could really play. A lot of guys were music majors, and uh, it was just a serious situation, you know. But it lasted long enough to give me a little dollars, you All know, right. and then so I just matriculated to the College of Business. All right. And, uh, so, I, I, I see you matriculated. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So what did you do after you matriculated? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I started taking marketing, finance, you know, accounting classes, and I picked accounting as my major. Uh, I was good with numbers. Uh, I wasn't a mathematician, but I was good with numbers and following instructions and being a square you know, type of person, you know, understanding debits and credits. What do you mean square type of person? Well, you know, I like to stay in the lines with what I do. That's my personality. You know, I'm not very abstract. I'm very regimented. I like to do things in order. So as an accountant, that's a good personality to have, you know, because you don't want to do anything outside the norm because that's how you get people in trouble. That's how you, that's end, how up you end up getting in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So okay. it kind of went along with my personality. So I picked accounting, and uh, right now I'm working for the, um, I kind of hate to say this, but because uh, we're not very popular where I work. I work oh, for what? the Dallas Central Appraisal District. So well, right now you're not very popular. No, not at all. Not, not at, at all. all. Not at all. Been there 28 years. Right 28 now. years. Yes, huh? sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So. I'll be seeing you guys in a couple of weeks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll be seeing you guys yeah. in a couple yeah, of uh, weeks. Yeah, on the Dallas side as yeah. well. That's why I work on the Dallas side. You work County. on the Dallas side. Okay. Yeah, I'll be seeing you. Okay. DK, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, yeah, I know it. Yeah, <laughs> Kentucky State University in Frankfort, Kentucky. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Alumni so. chapter and yes. why Frankfort, Kentucky, Kentucky State University. You obviously you're from Kentucky. No, I'm no. actually from Chicago. So, um, see, we get we always learn something. We mm -hmm. you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. Um, not quite like Rob over here, but um, I did get scholarships to uh, those larger PWIs. I didn't, I got a partial scholarship to Kentucky State, but uh, I visited mm, some PWIs, some HBCUs. Okay, time out. Learning moment for those people that are listening to the Commission Radio Show that don't know about black culture. Uh, HBCU is Historical Black College University because black people historically were not allowed to go to uh, white colleges. And uh, since that time frame, we've also adopted the acronyms of PWI, which means predominantly white institution. We now return you back to the Commission Radio Show. You were saying. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Thank you. <laughs> but um, when I visited the uh, predominantly white universities, then I didn't feel... I didn't feel the love. I just felt like I was just walking through a beautiful campus that may have had some money and, you know, resources. But then when I went and visited some HBCUs, one in Mississippi, Kentucky State University, and another one a few years ago, just a few, um, then I felt just the, the love. I had some people, random people, who just, like, took us in, me and my mother, and just walked us around the campus, showed us different things, told us you know different type of activities like the band and the sports teams and all of the different things that I could participate in so it was a beautiful campus as well and so I decided to go with with that and I'm very very happy I did I got some great great opportunities and kind of a boost in my uh, career at a young age 
just by being connected with some of the great uh, professors that I met at Kentucky State University. Okay. Awesome. You know, I I don't have my – it looked – all the colleges on one side. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, I see yeah, that. Uh, because I can't use that word he used a while ago. Trick- What's that? Matriculate? Yeah, matriculate. <laughs> I can't say matriculate. That's because you didn't <laughs> you go to HBCU. Like yeah, oh, yeah. that, it was okay. rehearsed. It was, oh, it's on piece of paper. Okay. okay. So now that being said, all of the brothers who did not attend an HBCU <laughs> get on this side. Exactly. So, yeah. so that's us. That'd be us. Yeah. <laughs> not us, but us. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I... Uh, I graduated uh, twice from a predominantly white institution, Southern Methodist University. Ooh, and so, yeah, so uh, I'm there now pursuing my doctorate now. Yeah. And that's where I'm at now. And I will say right now they have a movie that, that was out at the Denton Black Film Festival regarding black at SMU. And I recommend everyone to look at that movie as well because it is very factual. Uh, being that I've graduated from SMU several times, I will say that when I went on campus, it wasn't like it was a great love that I was there. Mm. It was like, hey, you're here to play football. Right. <laughs> you know, you're here to, to do a service for the school. You're here, that's what you're here for. So that wasn't, that wasn't essentially what, what was my experience in college at that time. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm older, it's a little different, obviously. But when I was in my 20s, that's what it was like. Uh, but... Uh, Hey, what can I say? I, I wanted to go hang out with Michael Caldwell at North Texas State University. <laughs> Show you how long ago that is. They don't even call it that no they more. They sure do not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and T now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, you, you dated yourself when you said North Texas State. North Texas State University. I said, dude, look fly and everything. You look young. And then he said, I graduated from North Texas State University. That's sort of like saying I'm a, I'm a Negro. I didn't say I, gradu- <laughs> I didn't say I graduated. I said I went there. <laughs> I will say the radio what? station is still called. K, North Texas. Oh, really? State. Yeah, they they didn't change the radio station. Well, that, I mean, just imagine what it would say, you know, with the K in front. So they had to keep it as North Texas State University. Yeah, because everything radio. with a K is like that's like radio cool, right? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But the the K U N T wouldn't look good. I don't no, it would not yeah, look yeah, good. Yeah, it would not look good. Would look so good. That's why they kept. Okay, it. for the folks that listen <laughs> in, just <laughs> throw that in there. Uh, <laughs> Robert, I'm, I wish I could say I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> but <laughs> that's what you get when you go to an HBCU. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You turn his mic swing, off. Swing, swing. That's turn his mic off. Mr. Evans would be like, they could be like, we gonna come back from break and be like, Robert Evans couldn't join us for the second half of the show. <laughs> All right, so why did you decide to go to North Texas State University? Well, a lot of my friends was going right out of, out of high school. Yeah. So I had some friends going, so I just tagged it right along. Yeah, it was a party school back yes, then. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. up on the hill. Yeah. yeah. The Rock Bottom Lounge. I was the DJ there. You was the DJ there? Yeah. Yeah, you've been a DJ a lot of places, man. Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. You know, that's, that's a good lifestyle to be DJ, man. You know a lot of people come in and out. Uh, I know Ed Gray now. Oh, yeah, you do now. But and you I know, know Robert now. You do. Yeah. <laughs> but you knew Robert and Nicole before you yeah. got here, though. Yeah, and in the lobby, I oh, sure yeah. did. Yeah. Oh, that, y'all just met in a lobby? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Formally, yes. Well, I'm, I met Rob. Robert. Yes. Obviously, you don't know. You know. You don't know what to call him. I met Rob. 
Robert. It's a story. Everything has a story, don't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're here because of Ron Fry. Tee that up for a second when we get ready to go to that one, Angelo, and then we'll go to a break. Uh, Ron Fry knows everybody, it seems yes, like. And mm -hmm. if, when it comes to partying and everything, Ron Fry knows everybody. Uh, I had the opportunity to meet Ron many years ago when uh, HBCU again, it was a Florida A&M University, they were having something. Someone said, you know, Ron Fry said, I don't know, no, yeah, I'm, I'm a brother. You know, brothers don't, you know, we don't be like knowing people like, hey, yeah, 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 I don't know no Ron Fry. So I got to know him and everything, and I said, man, this brother know everybody. So at one of his parties, uh, there was this guy who had just started playing football for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. His name was Emmett. Emmett Smith, that was his name. So it, it, I'm bad with names, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got you on that one. Uh. So Emmett Smith, he introduced me to Emmett, and he said, Emmett, you know, uh, I want you to meet Ed, Ed, meet Emmett. So we're all cool, because we're brothers. Yeah. Hey, hey, how you doing, how you doing? At the deep voice, hey. You know, and, I, and, and we kicked it off to the side, and Emmett started going out there dancing and everything. This is before Dancing with the Stars. This is way back mm -hmm. in the 90s. That's when he was still playing ball. Mm -hmm. So he was dancing and everything, like he was at Studio 67 or something like that. <laughs> but, you know, uh, he got off, man. And we both said, man, he's good, pretty good at that. 10, 15 years later, outside the Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame, and been doing what he's doing. We went back in time there, Studio 67, uh, which is uh, located, which was located, this is a clue, Texas education being what it is, it was located. <laughs> In Oak Cliff. In Oak Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> on, on 67. You, and it used to be, before that, it used to be a, uh, used to be, it used to be a theater, movie theater. Yes, before it was. That. Triangle Four Theaters. That's a, ooh, yeah. You dated yourself. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you the reason why, because that's how we knew my family moved from uh, off of Illinois uh, over into uh, Glen Oaks. And that's how we knew we were in a white neighborhood, because we went to Triangle Four Theaters. Okay. Yeah. And so... You know, so that's what it was, and, and, and he, obviously, uh, you was there when I was there hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. And we had the uh, contest and everything, and everything. <laughs> he started smiling, because he know what contest I'm yeah. talking about. We had some nice contests yeah, yeah. Uh, that, man, I still wish I had pictures of, of, of you back in the day, because I had one for the longest time. Wow. Yeah, but uh, uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to move forward. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about what's happening. Uh, well, what's happening uh, at Michael's of Los Colinas. So what we're going to do next, we're going to put that drop up, and then we're going to play some of our local music. Give me some saxophonic from Joyce Spencer, local artist. There we go, Joyce Spencer, local artist. Because we play local artists because Facebook be tripping, so we own our own music. All right, let's play it.
we're back, we're back, we're back. We want to make sure that everybody is uh, uh, properly hydrated during the break time. I want to go ahead and get out and get some coffee. Didn't get my coffee uh, because they don't have no coffee machine around here. I'm going to have to go ahead and bring my Dilla coffee, which is located, located in downtown Dallas. Uh, Ethiopian brothers and sisters of uh, brought in their own coffee from Ethiopia, and they custom-made it uh, right there on Ross Avenue in Central Expressway. This radio show, as I've often said, the best way to get back at oppression is to buy it and make it your own. Own, not oppression, but make it your own. Well, your own haven of justice and this is how you can do it is by withdrawing if you can withdraw back in the 1980s as we did with apartheid and we disinvested ourselves from oppression we can do that in 2023 all the marching that we do all of the hbcu schools we give our money to if we can all get together and bring us together where we can come together and unite our own that's what it's about and that's the reason why i'm proud that you guys are here on this. A little editorial for me. Uh, wanted to make sure that we are, uh, are still supporting our own and we had an opportunity during the break time to have a, a brief talk. Robert and myself had a talk ab ab about uh, two schools playing playing football. Uh, 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 tell them what's going on next year. Well, you know, I was looking at the schedule this year, the Prairie View A&M athletic uh, schedule, football for this year, coming up in the fall. And on September 16th, uh, we play a school we haven't played, I don't think, in the history of uh, of our athletic program. But we will be playing uh, against Southern Methodist University on September 16th. So uh, just a shout-out to all the supporters of Prairie View A&M to make sure that they show up on the 16th over on the hilltop and uh, wear your purple and gold and uh, let's come out there and paint the entire stadium purple and gold. Purple and gold. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. I, 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 what can I say, man? I'm with SMU, man. I mean, you know. You, <laughs> I know, I know. I, I mean, know, I mean, but it's going to be a fun game, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. Hopefully you guys uh, uh, get a good good game from us and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll and you oh. see, I'm a very non contact from you now. You know yeah, doing? I I'm, noticed that. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the black thing, and when black people have disrespect for somebody, <laughs> then they, we do two things. We, we, we avert eye contact, and we say something little. You know, okay. I'm not going to say you have a little school because it's an HBCU school, and I have nothing but the utmost respect for HBCU schools, that. period. Yes, yes, Ain't nothing yes. little about that right, because right. what we're talking about is building up, and that's why I'm proud that SMU has decided to share some of its money because it has lots of money I'm sure. with the Historical Black College University because that's where it's at. Yeah, and that's, so that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And so we, we definitely need to have that there. The, the uh, usual deal where uh, we go back and forth about what school is better and all that, that's not even really important. But what <laughs> is important is that SMU, which I, we come from Dallas, H, 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 HBCU schools are everywhere, but when you come from Dallas, uh, there is a connection between what's on the other side of the bridge mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what's on the south side of the bridge. Whether or not you come from Carter High School or whether or not you go to school at SMU, there's a distinct divide between them. Mm -hmm. and there is a And that, divide, that division is done by money. Some of that money needs to come south. Mm -hmm. And I can't see where it couldn't go no more south than where? Review. Yes, 
right. So I'm yeah. glad we're playing y'all in school. So we need a sellout. Yes. Just like you said. Yes, that's We need a sellout. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we need to do that. We it's need best for both schools. It's be- yep. Yeah. Yep, I, we, we need to see some more black folk on campus at SMU. That's going to scare a lot of people up on campus at SMU. Let me tell you, I, I haven't heard whether or not if the band is going to show up because you know they're going to show up for the Grambling game two weeks What do you that. mean? Tell me what. We're, we're working on it. We're working on it. Now, I got to let SMU people listen to this show right now. I ain't trying to make nobody <laughs> mad. But SMU folks, y'all got to get the band up here. Oh, yeah. Hey, we need, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we'll come on a bus. You know, we don't have to spend the night. Just get us a Whataburger meal. We get on back down to 45, back to Prairie View. Be okay. real easy. Just okay. make it happen. All right. Yeah. We, okay. we, we may need to have another show about that. Well, we need to have another show yeah. about that. Okay. We, we put up that flyer of, of, of Michaels for for a little while. Michaels, what, what's going on? So you see, I've been hyping your club up in a sly way. Yeah, I put, I put your artists on there. I, I mentioned just an off-hand deal about the saxophonists, or Chris, Chris and Jenna. Mitchell, yeah. yeah, and then I, I, I go ahead and put Joyce up there Who as well. Who just performed at this past Sunday, yeah. Uh, let me get that right there where you at, yeah. So how, how did she do, man? She did great, actually. They loved her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But Joyce, is a, she's a bad girl anyway, even before she ever came to Michael's. I, in fact, she was referred to me through somebody else that we've been knowing for a long time. She and I, and uh, she said, "Michael, you gotta have this. You gotta have this saxophone." I heard, I had already heard about it, but I'd never seen her, her perform. But she just came there last Sunday for brunch, and just showed completely out. All right. So, your brunch, and we have another guest uh, that's scheduled to come on right now. I want to make sure. Uh, he gets some uh, airtime as well. We're going to take another break. Okay. Uh, let you folks know. I wish you guys could have seen it on the Instagram. We did it already on Instagram. So we, we take some breaks around here. We take, uh, you know, breaks for Dilla Coffee and that kind of thing and also mm-hmm. pictures and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, we're going to take some pictures. You dress real nice, man, for the pictures. You, 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 you're still doing your doorman stuff at, 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 at Michael's. At yeah. Michael's. Yeah, yeah, I'm still doing being security. You're still being security. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, what's next, man? HBCU, May, what's going on? On May the 6th, yeah. Let's put the fly up. Yeah, on May the 6th, we have PV and we have Kentucky State. They're doing their deal. They've been there at Michaels of Las Colinas, and we're looking forward to it. Okay. And you're going to have music out soon. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Always always going to have the music. Who's a DJ in the band? Who's the DJ over there now? Uh, Smash is the DJ. Okay. Yeah, but I don't think he might not be there that particular day. I think we have someone else. I don't remember who was on the schedule, but it would be a, a DJ that plays nice music. All right. So as we get to a close here, get, uh, let me see one of your flyers, Nicole. Sure. And just to add to what Michael just said, you know, we're going to have um, door prizes. We're going to have a best dress contest. It's a Kentucky Derby uh, themed event. So May 6th, that's the day of the Kentucky Derby. Shout out to Kentucky by me going to Wait a minute, that's State why University. you got this. <clears throat> what can I say? Are you, and you, and we're going to be watching the, we're going to be watching a horse race, betting, you know, a little dancing, a little drinking, a little eating all over at Michaels. So, all we'll over have at a Michaels. great time. Uh, we partnering with uh, Prairie View and we're really excited about doing that. It's our first time partnering with them. Um, so, yeah, come on out. Um, we're going to have a good time. All right. Okay. All right, so uh, let's see what we got. We we have this. I'll read it off. Kentucky Derby HBCU Jam. 
Look at that. You even got your, your QR codes up here, man. You upscale, man. <laughs> <laughs> Michaels of Las Colinas. Yes. All right. You are cordially invited to attend. I'm cordially invited to attend. How many of those flies you got over there that say that? Um, I got about 50 or so. All right. I'll take one of my cordially uh, invited to attend flyers, and we'll put this up as well here at uh, the Fishbowl Radio Network yeah. as well. Yeah. Angelo, you still with us? All right, let's put a couple of flyers up there just for a minute, and uh, we'll uh, bail off, and we'll get ready for our next guest. Right. All right, we're back again. We had to put that flyer up there. And the reason why we wanted you to put the flyer back up, you can put us back on online here where they can see us. Thank you. All right. So, yeah, yeah, just want to make sure. Thank you. Uh, we had to put that flyer up, but we wanted to make sure that you had the flyer up there so you could screenshot it and save it. So, Absolutely. see, I did that. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> screenshot and save it. So now you screenshot and save it, and then share it. Uh, you know, you got you know you got pictures of people you don't even know in your phone. So you know, go ahead, screenshot that, save it. Uh, send a shout out to uh, Tara Richard and Mark Cooks, who's watching as well. Uh, Nolivet Milligan, who's watching as well. Uh, Lorenzo Gray who's watching said Black People United will thrive rather than merely survive. Thank you very much, Absolutely. Brother Gray. So, Nicole. Yes, I just wanted to let you know where you can get your tickets. You can go to Eventbrite and get your tickets on the flyer that you see on your screen. Um, there is a bit.ly link that will take you, <clears throat> excuse me, directly to Eventbrite. Also, the QR code is on there. It'll take you def um, to Eventbrite. Or you could just Go on to Eventbrite, mm -hmm. <clears throat> search the um, Kentucky, Kentucky Derby HBCU Jam with Prairie View and Kentucky State, and you can find it that way as well. So May 6th, 4 to 8 p.m. Don't be late. All right. Thank you for uh, appearing on the Commission Radio Show, Kentucky State University and Prairie View A&M University. We'll be right back. Uh, we'll see you guys later. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Who was that masked man? You mean you don't know? That was no masked man. That was the commish. Saturdays from 5 to 6 p.m. on the Fishbowl Radio Network.
is Cheryl, host of the Cheryl Boggs Show, Resting in His Word, broadcasting live each week on Mondays at 6 p.m. Central from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear inspiring messages, guest interviews, and a word you don't want to miss. Be sure to log on each week on Mondays at 6 p.m. Central for the Cheryl Boggs Show, Resting in His Word, right here on Fishbowl Studios. Jump in. Podcasters, the name of the game is to get more visibility for your podcast so you can gain more credibility with your audience, thus more profitability. If you're ready to start syndicating your podcast and massively grow your audience and influence, then contact Fishbowl Radio Network today at 817-633-4880. Fishbowl Radio Network is one of the largest streaming platforms in the world. And now, your podcast can be heard all over the world by the listening audience that Fishbowl Radio Network has amassed over the last 11 years. With over 6 million impressions a month and growing, this is a platform that all podcasters should be on to create greater visibility for their podcast. Jump in today and be a part of the Fishbowl family, streaming great live internet radio shows and podcasts 24-7-817-633-4880. Jump in. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ed Bridges, CEO, founder of Wrong Way Driver Alert. And one thing that we know, when you need to go the right way, we always turn to Commish Radio. He never leads you in the wrong direction. So here at Highway Nation, we want to thank Mr. Ed Gray for taking us in the right direction. And visit us on Facebook, Highway Nation page, and give us a like.
Alright, the Kumis Radio Show. Uh, loved by many, hated by few, respected by all the second to none. I'm a little stuck on myself because I uh, graduated from Carter High School. The black I did that. I do. Yeah. So, uh, we have right now today, we have a uh, Kumis Radio Show hosted by Ed Gray. And I'm on, I got this out where everyone can see it. Uh, I want you to share this because since they did these new algorithms on Facebook, they're trying to uh, downgrade a brother. We used to get like thousands of people. I would look on there and be like, a thousand people saw that? That was just an hour ago? And now what we have to do now is we have to actually ask you to share it to those groups. So uh, Stephen Poole's with us today. I see it says, give stars to support Ed Gray. You see that down there? That sure do. Okay, so let's go ahead and give some stars of support, Ed Gray, because this radio podcast show uh, gets by on, uh, well, it gets by on faith, but also it gets by on dollars, faith in dollars. So you need those uh, things to put this uh, radio podcast on, so let's share that as well. This radio show, as I've often said, loved by many, hated by few, respected by all, was second to none. Since KHVN has been off the air, and I was one of the last uh, radio uh, hosts that were over there before we went off the air, there have been very few shows that have been interviewing political candidates. And uh, this is the political candidate season that we have for our municipal elections, which means a school board and city council. In my old area of town, and um, which is dear to my heart, uh, Dallas, Texas, and DISD District 6 uh, trustee election, we have one of the candidates here, uh, Stephen Poole, who's here. So I'll let him introduce himself to it. Stephen, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good to see you. Yeah, I see, I, I see you got your Carter High School <laughs> pin going on. I like that. Yeah, man. I'm actually a part of the alumni board. Uh, okay, get Carter Mike a little closer to you. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad, glad you have. Glad well, to be here. Well, um, I am glad that you are here as well. I want to kick it with you for a little while. I wish you had been here earlier. I mean, earlier in the uh, campaign season, but this is right now. Your next next week is when you actually start voting, right? Exactly. Monday is actually early voting. Wait a minute, Monday. Monday. Monday is early voting. Wow, it just sneaked up on yeah, me, man. So I think we we right on time. You're on time. Yeah, this You're is when time. it needs to happen. It needs to happen right there. Exactly. Exactly. Couldn't plan any better than that. <laughs> Monday. I said, what? Monday. Exactly. Monday is early voting. Um, right now, I'm just beating the pavement, going from community com to community, neighborhood to neighborhood. I'm up and down through the Oak Cliff area by Carter, um, by Kimball. Some of it is in Singing Hills. Some of it is in um, the Highland Hills area. Um, and I'm enjoying it. I, I didn't I didn't realize that it would be so tumultuous and time consuming. Um, but luckily, I've had some good volunteers and they believe in what I'm I'm telling them and what they see. Um, our goal primarily is to um, make sure that our students in those communities are given an opportunity like they're given anywhere else in the state or anywhere else in the city or anywhere else in the country. Um, my three main points are. Uh, policy, equity, and program accountability. And those three things are, are PEP, you know, and the reason why it's called PEP, um, we need to put a little bit more PEP into what we're doing in our community for our students. Um, in 2013-14, House Bill 5 was passed, and it was about pathways. And when we look at the pathways that are being offered to the students in the Carter and, and Kimball, 
you know, feeder pattern, what we're seeing is that they're, they're not receiving what we would consider uh, livable wage uh, pathways. So, for example, Carter High School has been aligned with Atwell. For years, Atwell, or now it's called Judge... Louis A. Bedford. There you go. Yeah, I graduated from Atwell, too. <laughs> and um, law school, the, I mean, the law academy at Atwell feeds directly into Carter High School. Well, there's a beautiful, beautiful um, courtroom in Carter High School. But the problem is the pathway is only built right now academically for kids to receive a certificate in security guards. So if you want kids to be successful in a city where the livable wage is between seventy-five dollars to $80,000, being a security guard is not what you want them to have to do. You want them to have pathways that are aligned so that if they choose to go to college, they have an understanding and a background, and if they choose not to, they have an opportunity to be successful. The other thing is policy. When you watch school board meetings, what we're seeing is that um, some of the policies aren't being followed. And there's been time and time again where you go to the board meetings and you're hearing where unions and individuals are speaking on how the board members aren't following policy. And what we're finding is they're not really knowledgeable of policy. Most of them are business people or they have a background in something else, so they don't take the time to learn the policy. They're just moving through the motions on things. And then when you talk about equity, you know, a lot of people speak on racial equity. Right now, um, the biggest fight that we've been fighting in our community where I live, which is in the Oak Cliff area off of Red Bird Lane, is just making sure that our students receive what they need. Um, there's a big thing about having artistic black boxes. And for us, that's a beautiful thing. But why would I have an artistic black box when the auditorium hadn't been done since the school was built? So why wouldn't we redo the auditorium first? Why wouldn't we give our girls a dance studio that's comparable to any other dance studio around um, the Metroplex? But instead, the girls' dance studio is right, well, they just moved it because of conversations that we've been having. They moved it to a room that used to be a choir room instead of them building out like they were supposed to in the, in the initial build-out. Carter was actually included in a $56 million uh, package from the last bond. The problem that we're seeing is we're wondering where the money has been spent. And the person that's responsible for budgeting it out is the trustee. So our, our common question from the Alumni Association to the site base to the PTSA is where's the money, why is it that these things haven't been taken care of, and why is it that the equity that we should have received for our students is not visible? Okay. Now, you just nailed all that down, and you just went straight to it just like that. Why and why and how? And this is the question. Why and how are you going to beat the trustee that's been there for how long has she been there? She's been there nine years, um, okay. three terms. Three terms. Yeah, she came in after Carla Ranger um, stepped away, um, and... The thing about it is I need people to understand that in our society, there has to be a point where you recognize someone who has done the work and can continue the work. Um, at one point or another, you have to realize someone has come to an end of what their capabilities are, just like in any corporation. You have a parachute that you give the CFO or the CEO who's been there for 20, 30 years, and you don't just get rid of them. You make them a consultant. You know what their worth is, but you know that the seat that they're sitting in is no longer conducive for the growth of the company. At this point, DISD needs change, especially in District 6. And it's time for that seat for the company to change. Um, over the last, you could say, 
nine to 10 years, I've worked in spaces with the current trustee um, from when we talked about the pathways, um, conversations with executive directors, conversation with district officials, to even the reopening of Hulsey Middle School. When the current trustee ran, um, the goal was to, her goal was to reopen Hulsey. But when she ran, I presented her with a committee and the proposal. And with my committee and my proposal that we got from the district, we submitted it. The district didn't accept our proposal, but they took our concept, which is a STEM school. So the goal was for us to be able to make sure that Carter had the same kind of pathway so that those kids, even though it's a choice school, would still feed into Carter High School. All right. Now, for those of the people that are listening right now, I just want to let you guys know that uh, myself and Mr. Poole, we graduated from Carter High School. I graduated in 1980. What year you graduated? 91. 91. I, you walked in my footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I appreciate that. So... Uh, that being said, though, you far exceeded the footsteps uh, that I set in front of you because I'm looking at your flyer, and flyer also states that you, you are the uh, current past president of the DW Carter High School. Uh, what does that mean? So I am now the uh, PTSA president right now at Carter High School. Um, You're the current P I'm PSTA. The cur yeah, right. I'm the current PSTA president. You said past. Uh, I, I read it wrong. Go ahead. So um, with that being said, I've been involved intensely in – um, the PTSA and um, the site base, which is a committee of community people, alumni, and parents um, in reference to what happens with our branding package. So Dallas even has gotten to a point where they realize that when you have changes in administration, people come in with their own ideas. And they literally make changes that have nothing to do with the school. So you saw the lapel pin I have, right. which is a Carter High School staple, our mascot. The last principal didn't put it in our branding package because he didn't like it. Why didn't? Why didn't? <laughs> okay. You see how you puzzled you look? Right. So what's happening is you have people who don't honor traditions. So then when you have kids that come in and you ask them, what are your traditions or what's your mascot? They'll say CC. CC is the initials. It's not the mascot. So when we had these conversations with our principal, our executive directors, in the last I guess you could say in the last nine years that the, tr the trustee in that's in place has been there, we've had over 15 executive directors over the three to four principals. And the problem that we have is a lack of consistency and a lack of transparency on what needs to happen in the schools. So what I did was I actually got involved at Kimball, and I was on their um, committee for their pathway for their hospitality committee. And what I saw was the and same you're thing. you from Carter and you got involved with Kimball. Well, it's a, it's a community thing. What, yeah. I, what I realized, most people don't realize, the only time that I left Oak Cliff was when I went to college. Where did you go to college? I you? went to Texas Southern University. Okay. And I spent that time in college, and I came back home. Um, I'm my only child. I, my, I have two children. I'm married. And I've been here ever since. But what I saw was that there was a d disparity in what our students were receiving as far as pathways, educational opportunities that are supposed to be afforded to them. But the people that were in place didn't understand how to implement them. And they didn't, it felt, it felt like they didn't believe that our students could achieve at higher levels. They would give them minuscule positions like pathways for security versus pathways for law or pathways for um, uh, accounting, things like that. Prime example, one of my classmates um, is a realtor and she's literally working at one of the magnet schools in Dallas ISD because they have a commercial and, re, um, and residential real estate course piped to the city. So these kids are going to graduate knowing how to flip, buy, and to negotiate getting houses from the city. 
Why wouldn't you have that in a community school? So when you bring those things up, I don't know if these kids are really prepared for that. They're prepared for, prepared for whatever you teach them. The reason why I say that, I've been in education 17 years. I started as a hall monitor. I've been a community liaison, a classroom teacher. Well, now, what is a community So liaison? a community liaison is a wonderful job. Because um, I, I know people want to get that job. <laughs> why? Well, what you do is you spend a lot of time connecting businesses and people who want to donate services, um, be it financially or whatever the students may need, to the school that you're responsible for. Okay. And you spend a lot of time networking. And when you, and you see, get paid for that? You get paid for that. The district has positions. So that's it, the reason why. Yeah, so primarily. Because yeah, they want to go around town. That's it. Be important. That's, that's it. I, I'm just being real. That's it. I'm that's just it. being real. So I use it as the stepping stone financially. I came into the district as a hall monitor. I was already degreed. I was transitioning from another career. And then I went into being a community liaison, got certified as a teacher, got my master's in um, uh, educational leadership. I've when did you get your master's? I got my master's at Concordia in Austin. Okay. And what year was that? It was in 2012. 2012? 2012. Because okay. I, I think I, f I first met you at, at one of the Carter High School picnics. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So my goal, once I really got in tune with what was going on, was what are we doing for our community? Because a lot of times people who don't work with kids look at kids and say they're all not functioning well. That's not necessarily the, the case. Just like when we were younger, if you don't pour into them, they have nothing to move forward with. You have to start pouring into them. All right. So you're saying you're closer in line because you're with the kids. That's I'm, what you're saying. I'm saying that, but also I'm saying I'm closer in line with running for this seat primarily because I've been doing the work behind the scenes as well. I've worked closely with this trustee over the whole span of the nine years that she was in the seat. Um, and that goes from working from reopening Halsey to uh, concerns in the community when it came to charter, when it came to the different things at, at Carter High School, and just insight on um, how to maneuver certain things educationally. So that's been a lot of our conversations over the years. You get along with her? We, we were, we were very, very good with one another up until um, you decided to run against it. was actually before that. Um, it was one of those things where you realize that your values or your purpose is different. My rationale for what I'm doing is different than the rationale for what that person is doing. So therefore, when information is shared, it's not necessarily used for the reason that you thought it would be used for. It's used for something else. So you just stop giving information. Okay. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and give the folks at home some information as well. We're going to put up your flyer. We're going to play some uh, music in the background, and we're going to come back in 30 seconds. And uh, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having Stephen me. Stephen Poole for DISD District 6 trustee. You got one of them names that, you know, Poole, and people just, <laughs> they, they, they do that. They, exactly. They, they yeah, I know, we're from the same hood. Exactly. We do that. All right, let's put, put the flyer up, and we'll be right back.
was that masked man? You mean you don't know? That was no masked man. That was the commish. Saturdays from 5 to 6 p.m. on the Fishbowl Radio Network. Commish Radio Show back again. I'd like to uh, thank all of you who are listening and looking at us on uh, uh, Facebook. Uh, continue to share this through Ed Gray 1906 on Twitter and Ed Gray 1906 on Instagram as well. And Roku, we're on Roku. We have a Roku channel as well. So look that up on Diz TV. That's what you got, man. We got all this stuff going on, man. I see you all over the place. I'm trying to be, because, <laughs> I, you know, I had KHVN and I had WFAA. That was I didn't have to do all that. Then I just was on. It was, it was on. It was on. Hey, you've been doing this for a while. We've been watching in the community. I said, well, man, this yeah. is what Carter people do. They step well, out. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I've always said. I always tell jokes about Carter High School, but. I, I ain't got number love for two things, Carter High School and Oak Cliff. That's my hood. So if I ever tell a joke about it, it's with great love and affection. It's not being disparaging at all. So that's what it is, uh, uh, love and affection and admiration for anyone that's doing public service. Uh, Stephen Poole, you got an a, a, a excellent flyer out. Let's talk about some of the things here. But before we talk about that, uh, just – Straight up, me and you talking, and the folks that are listening as well, when you decided to to run for election, have you been getting some kind of pushback from folks? Well, yeah, the pushback is is different, I think, in our community. And the reason for it is that you have individuals who have had relationships with people for so long. And a lot of times the the thought of who they want to represent them is based in the relationship, not necessarily based in who actually can do the work all the time. Um, and I think also my community is an older community. So for me, a lot of times they still look at us as youngsters. Even on fifth, I got my AARP card last year. Did it hurt your feelings? Oh like it hurt my God. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, no, they, not for me. They not sent for me, me one at 45, and I went like, what are you talking about? I'm not even 50 yet. Why are you sending this? It field? seemed like they recruiting like the military. They doing it. I was like, oh my God. But I mean, my producer, he ain't got his ARP card yet. They're going to send you one, Angelo. <laughs> You're going to feel me. some kind of way. You're going to feel too. some kind of way, exactly, man. Exactly, exactly. So the thing is, I'm not a youngster. I've actually, uh, what we would say, earned my stripes. Um, someone called me a humanitarian because I look at all of our children. I've never been a guy who said, well, this is a, a better situation for these colored children or that colored children. My thing is children. I've had the privilege of working from elementary to middle school to high school, and I've actually worked three, three and a half years as an assistant principal at a charter, which, which was Dallas Can. And Dallas Can is an alternative where kids have actually failed in other areas and they come there to kind of recover and go back to their home schools if the opportunities permit itself. What we but used to call back in the day Metro. That part. <laughs> that, that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. I'm telling my age for real. That's yeah, it. Send yeah. you to Metro. Yeah. What? So I have over 23 years working with kids. Um, I've been in education 17. Um, I have education that stretches from just a bachelor's in public affairs, minor in sociology. Um, I have a master's in education educational leadership, um, certified teacher, and I've been blessed to be able to work with kids and work with different people in different capacities from, like I said, a hall monitor, community liaison, all the way up to an AP, which is an assistant principal, and a, and a district specialist. So when you was a hall monitor, okay, I, I vision hall monitor. <laughs> so, tell me what, okay, 
I think, go back. Yeah. I think a hall monitor is probably one of the hardest jobs in education because you spend most of your time telling people get to class, get to class, <laughs> and you're trying to be philosophical about it, or psychological about it, and you have to always have your head where it's calm because you never know what may be said to you by a student, mm-hmm. and you never know um, what the situation may bring depending on the day, and you're always on your feet. So I was like, you know what? I'm glad I was able to transition into education this route, but let me get this certification so I can keep moving on up financially and keep on moving on up so I can be where I need to be as far as just really truly instilling some things in the students. So 17 years doing that. Yeah, 17 years in education so far. So this job that you, that you are applying for and the people have to bless it, if you will, yeah. through voting for you, how much does that pay? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay, I know it doesn't pay anything. I just want you guys to know yeah. that when you're a school board trustee, you get paid nothing. nothing. You get paid nothing. It's it's basically you're doing it because you want to see some major changes happen in your community. You want to represent your community in reference to education, city business because a lot of people tend to forget there are bonds that come through the through uh, the school board. There are different uh policies that may need to be made or adhered to. So there are a lot of things that play a big part. Dallas ISD has owned more physical property than the city of Dallas. So those those are other nuances that you have to be a, be aware of as well. So this job is, I don't want to call it a thankless job, but it's a payless job. So you have to have a, a real job and then you have to make time for this as well. Luckily, my kids are grown. So I have a lot more time. How many to kids you have? I have two. I have a, a son, um, Stephen Tapu um, Jr., and then I have a daughter, Tyler Tyler Azalea. Um, you said you went to SMU, right? But she got her master's at SMU. Yeah, well, we both we have that in common too. <laughs> got my master's from exactly. SMU too. So, um, with that being said, he's twenty nine and she's twenty eight, and you know so I don't I have to worry about that. Up. Hey, I will. I All will. right, now. But I always say the first degree I received was a high school diploma from Carter High School. That part. You, can't, you can't get no SMU degrees unless you get a, a, a degree, a high school degree. And Absolutely. that came from Carter High School. Absolutely. I think that growing up in Oak Cliff during the time frame that you and I grew up was probably one of the best opportunities I've ever had in my life. Um, when I went to college, um, I would meet guys who would be amazed that I went to Carter High School yeah. or that I was even from Oak Cliff and they were from New York or from California and they were just like, you're from, and they would actually, I had a guy actually steal my yearbook and take it home for Christmas and bring it back. I was like, he said, man, I just had to let somebody know I knew somebody from Dallas Carter. I was like, man, y'all are ridiculous. But it's amazing because when you really look at the historical aspect of Carter High School, not just the 88, but the type of people who have transitioned professionally, the type of people who've gone to college. We've had NCAA golf professionals. We have plastic surgeons. We have had surgeons. I mean, all types of people, DAs. And the thing about it is when people think of Carter and think of Kimball, they just think about football, and they forget that it actually during the 80s and the 90s was one of the richer areas in the Dallas uh, metropolitan area. Right. It's like DeSoto. Is Absolutely. Now. Absolutely. So, yep, you uh, mentioned – Redbird, you live on Redbird Lane. I do. I live off of it, oh, about three blocks off. Okay, of it you don't got to tell nobody where you live. <laughs> but uh, I lived in that area as well. So, well, I didn't grow up. I grew up by Daniel Park. Yeah. So I went to Hulsey right. and Umphrey Lee, which is the elementary school that right. feeds in the cart as well. Right. Right. Is that down the street? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, 
how is it running for something that, that you just know this area backwards and forwards? It actually has become um, an enjoyable process because, like this morning, we walked blocks, and the other last weekend when I walked, it's amazing because my walkers are saying, "Pooh, we need a yard sign." This lady said, "My daughter went to school with you," or. I know him. He went to Hussey. He I was one of his teachers. So for me, it's like a small town effect. It's mm-hmm. that boy who's come home to actually do what's right in the community. Mm-hmm. And it's without pay. It's based on what I know needs to be done. Even when I go over towards the Kimball area, a lot of my friends who cousins went to Kimball or who went to uh, Webster, Daniel Webster in elementary and went to Brown Middle School, it, that was always a rivalry because the only thing that separated us was Loop 12. Right. You know, so it was almost like we were two whole communities that just separated by, you know, a major thoroughfare. But I love it because it gives me an opportunity to give back to what I have gotten from that community. Like I said, I went to college, but I never left after that when I came back. Now, my question here is uh, regarding the construction uh, uh, subcommittee chair. What is that? So each school district has been mandated by the state to have SBDM, which is a site-based decision-making committee. And it works in conjunction with the school principal to help um, give their um, opinion or advice about certain things. And you have subcommittees. So the subcommittee that I've been on is the one in reference to the construction. And in that process, we've been able to have conversations when allotted um, with district uh, employees or district uh, EDs about the things that needed to happen at Carter. But what we were finding out was that those things were being either stopped um, or uh, halted for a time frame. And some of the things that were supposed to actually take place didn't happen. Um, The biggest concern we had was there was a ticket that was given as far as the amount of money of $56 million. And what happened recently, I say within the last three to four months, I had a walk with um, one of the district officials, which when you look at district policy, they encourage community to reach out to district officials if there are concerns and have conversation if um, need be. And when we walked to school, that official was kind of like taken aback by the fact that for it to have been a $56 million package given to that school, he didn't say it, but you can tell by the fact that um, his ears turned red, cheeks were flushed. So that means he was not African-American. But what, (laughs) what, what he did say was, let us look and see what needs to be done. Well, there's what's called a punch list. And a punch list is something that you address for those final things. Well, Carter's package had been closed out. So the question again was, where was the $56 million? Because none of this work had actually been done like they said it was. So here's my phone. I'm just showing you. Like, these are the chalkboards that you actually learned on. Mm -hmm. It's still in Carter. Those are those boards. So what we're seeing is basic stuff that should have been done, doors that were painted but not uh, renewed or uh, new doors put up. This is a dance hall for the girls. Old, Old flooring. Walls still look the same. The library was gutted, and then they put rows and rows of chairs. So it looks like a 1985 study hall. And these, once again, they put dry eraser boards on top of the old chalkboards. So you want kids to excel. That, that, does that look, look familiar to you, the auditorium? Yeah, it looks the same. It is. Yeah. It's the same auditorium you, play, you sat in, in in the 80s. The problem with that is that in the bond, it was supposed to be redone. But our trustee said, just leave it like that and just uh, varnish the seats when everybody else got brand new auditoriums. So our question is, why minimize 
an area which is right along the border of all of the other uh, all of the other suburban schools. And I tell people a lot of times, Carl and Kimball on several levels tend to not compete with other schools in Dallas. We tend to compete with the suburban schools as far as our students, as far as the type of education, all those different types of things. And our thing is we need someone in the seat who actually is willing to go to bat for everything for the kids at Carl and Kimball's feeder pattern, period. Okay. Now, looking at your flyer again, uh, how can they get in touch with you if they want to ask you a specific question? So you can reach me at stephenpoolcampaign at gmail.com. stephenpoolcampaign at gmail.com. I have about four emails right now, and I feel like a Twitter king right now. My thumbs are, are exhausted. You on Twitter? I'm on Twitter as well. Stephen Pool on Twitter. And I am open for all conversations. I am open for all dialogue. And I can answer virtually any question. And I'm the type of person, if I can't answer it, I'm going to find the answer so that I can help you with what it is you're trying to find out. So now all of what you just showed me on the, uh, on your phone, that came from the bond. So what did, what did Carter get out of the bond? What they did was they built a new competition gym. And they built a, it was supposed to be a fine arts wing. But what they did was just build a band hall. The other issue or concern we had as a community was in the package, every new school or every school that has a new large facility built, you're supposed to build a fallout shelter for a tornado. Well, Carter has one. It's under the gym. The problem is there's no access to the fallout shelter from within the building. So if a tornado hits, the kids then have to go outside of the school around to the side of the gym to get into the fallout shelter. So now what they've called themselves doing once we brought it to their, their attention um, with the new superintendent, they're trying to dig at the back of the gym and create elevators and stairs that will access it so they'll go through the gym and come through the back of it. But this was something that was supposed to have been done in the 2016 bond. And here we are, 2023. So that got said afterwards, huh? That part. Okay. Why? We don't know. I can't, we can't say that this person or that person, but what we can say is that um, whenever we would ask certain questions, um, we were told by district officials that they were instructed not to have conversation with us, which Who's violates us? policy. Who's us? Um, the SBDM, um, the, uh, the subcommittee, um, or the PTSA. So now what's gotten, uh, what's happened is our alumni association, which is uh, headed by Kim, who graduated in 85, they have gotten to the okay. point where... What's Kim's last name? So I've those got, that are listening... What's uh, Kim's last name? I forgot Kim. Rhodes. Rhodes. Thank you. Kim Rhodes. And they have did an open records request, and they've sent them the paperwork, but they sent them, they sent them like thousands of papers. It's kind of one of those, those, those things that they do or people do to make you not want to look through the work. You ask for specifics, but they send you so much, they hope that you'll just get tired and not look at any of it. But the question they're still asking is, why wasn't the work done, and where's the money? Because the money does, is not reflected in the work that was done. So it's not just the parents, myself, as the PTSA president. Now the alumni from, shoot, 70, what's the, the young lady whose father actually worked, wrote our school song, um, she's involved. I mean, they've all got involved in it, the old heads, because their concern is why, why not, not to knock you on the head. <laughs> the thing I'm is, feeling some kind of way, 
<laughs> what are they doing in this community? And a lot of times, the the people who live in the community, which are parents' age, they don't know these types of things because they're being told one thing. They're being told, well, it's an ongoing project. No, this project was closed. Mm-hmm. They closed this project with the hope that mm-hmm. nobody else would ask questions. They they closed it because they knew that the people in the community are older. They rarely come to the to the schools. So my my thing is, I'm running for the school board for true transparency, for true understanding of policy, for true understanding of what equity is supposed to look like for our kids. What kind of program is supposed to take place? All right, now we talk about equity for a minute. And I was driving by uh, uh, Carter uh, the other day, and and somebody was telling me that. They want to put a, 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 a warehouse, a truck. See, that's not even on here, see? It's not. It's yeah, it's not. The, that's the reason why I love my show. I, I actually love it because I get a chance to talk to people like yeah. you. So what, So, explain what, what's up with that. They're so, going to put a warehouse or something right next to car? So what's happening? What, down the street from car? What's happening is there's an open field next to a church that's across the street from Carter High School, Friendship, Friendship West. <laughs> and that open field has been there since we were kids even before they built Friendship West. And I guess the owners who owned it finally was able to sell it to a particular buyer. Well, the particular buyer had already had plans to create a warehouse, which would actually um, have where they, you know, pick up freight or whatever um, on trucks. The problem is that's a residential area. Some people have asked, well, what's wrong with it? And our question is, why couldn't they have done this off of 35 and 20 where they have all the other warehouses? Because what you're saying is that this area is not considered um, residential and you really could care less about the um, welfare of children. Because now my thing is zoning-wise, are these trucks going to be able to travel on the road, that the regular street? Um, what kind of emissions is going to take place? And I've talked to um, someone at Friendship West, and from my understanding, they've had conversations also. And they've asked about simple things like tree lines, tree lines to ensure that they um, do something about the emissions, but that's not seemingly an option. So our fear is that they try to create an area that's more industrial than educational and residential. And there's a petition that's been going on. I don't know how successful it's going to be um, because my understanding is that the company or the people who bought it are still moving forward with the process. But it's it's kind of a heart-wrenching thing because now you're talking about the safety of kids walking to school, walking from school, with trucks coming up and down. Um, a basic regular road. It's not a road that's right off the freeway. But, you know, we'll wait and see if they'll halt it or if they'll move forward. What can you do to, to help with that? Really, um, I can't do anything but help circulate the um, – petition is out there that probably would have fallen more or less on someone that's in the city council they probably would have known about the property being sold or they could have done something differently possibly but in reference to the city uh school board or the the school district school board there's nothing that we can do directly in reference to that other than um fight with the community um alongside of the community to hopefully deter them from from putting it there all right so that's the reason why you're here on the show that way we get that out yeah uh, so as we get ready to close, we have uh, a couple of minutes left to, to uh, 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 three minutes, they tell us. Gotcha. So three minutes. Gotcha. So I'm Stephen Poole. I am an alumni from Carter High School. I am a product of Oak Cliff and that whole community. I am running for DISD School Board Trustee Seat 6. I am hoping that you will take the time to research me and find out that my heart, my ability, my understanding is in the right place. 
I am there for children. I am there for educators. I am there to better the district for our city. Um, I am here to make sure that Dallas ISD becomes one of the, the top-rated school districts in the country, not just in the state. Vote for me. I am place number one on the ballot. All right. And you've been listening to the Commission Radio Show, loved by many, hated by few, respected by all, second to none. And we will be back next week. Thank you. Have a great week, and we will see you next Saturday, 4 to 6, right here. Thank you. Who was that masked man? You mean you don't know? That was no masked man. That was the commission. Saturdays from 5 to 6 p.m. on the Fishbowl Radio Network. How you doing? This is Ed Gray of the Commission Radio Show. Stay tuned and tune in and be up to speed on everything in social justice, human rights, and politics on the Commission Radio Show, airing every Saturday, 5 p.m. on the Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in.